Welcome back, everyone, to the Keys Weekly Sports Wrap with Coach McDonald, the only place to get your Florida Keys prep sports news and history. You can find this podcast every Thursday at thekeysweekly.com. Please share and like. Please check it out. Please post it on your Facebook. Send it to your friends. Do everything you need to do to get the word out. And I enjoy doing this podcast, and I was so excited to talk to Coach Ralph Enriquez. We had part one last week. This week, we're coming out with part two. It's another long one, and he gets into the state championship, runs unbelievable first year, 94, takes the job, goes to the state finals, loses one nothing. The next two years, two state championships. His trips around as a minor league coach, a major league and major league camps, a catching instructor, working for the Yankees, working for the Braves, the 2005 state championship team how did all of those things happen listen to part two you will find out it's starting right now so coach you start you start your jv career there in the late 80s and in 1994 you get the chance to be the head coach of the key west high school baseball team um you started off at the bottom but by 1994, I, I feel like you were probably where you exactly wanted to be. And not only that, in 1994, your first year, you take the team all the way to the state championship. What was that? And that's really like, that's like your first baseball varsity job. Your base, your head coach at the varsity level of baseball. In year one, you go to the state championship. What was that like? Well, it was it was exactly what I had planned. To be honest with you, uh, I remember when I, you know, there was multiple people that had applied for the job uh, to be the head coach, and they had a committee, a target selection committee, and uh, and then you know I had answered their questions, and when it came to the end, uh, they had asked me, okay, what are your goals? And I said, well, you know, I have a, a five-year plan. Uh, to build this high school program into a world-class program, world-class facility here, and also um, to be the number one high school team in the country uh, in five years. And uh, and I was very uh, and I, and I was very 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 lucky that in in '94 uh, when when I did get the opportunity uh, to be the uh, the head baseball coach, I had. Uh, a great group of young men. It was challenging. It was different uh, for them uh, because now they went um, into playing for a very, very aggressive uh, coach that uh, brought a lot of uh, structure and discipline uh, and, and, and expected a lot of things from these young men. Uh, and my first year, we go to I think 27 and five that year and we go to the state playoffs and we lost to a team that we should have never lost to. Uh, and, uh, and we, uh, wound up, you know, winning, uh, having a great season and state runner up that taught me a lot. Uh, you know, and instead of saying, Oh, well, wow, look what I did. You know, I was very mm-hmm. angry, mm-hmm. very angry, very angry with myself uh, because there were things there that I saw that if I would have done this or, or, or pushed this or did that, you know, we could have won. So here comes 95 and, um, you know, I start, you know, really feeling 
you know, more comfortable in doing what I'm doing and, and really believing in what I'm doing in. And, um, and, uh, you know, I remember Mr. Archer, who was a very close mm-hmm. friend of mine and him and I, Glenn and I had, a, you know, many stories that go way back. But Glenn comes to me one night and tells me, Ralph, don't put no pressure on yourself now this year because you have a whole new group of kids. You graduated eight or nine seniors. You lost Randy Niles, who was your main pitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't put that pressure on you because I know how you are. We've got to know you. And I said, Mr. Archer, I'm going to be fine. We're not, we're not stepping down. If anything, I'm stepping on the pedal even harder. And uh, and then he smiled and laughed at me. And I remember he was with uh, with our business manager, Omus Avant. Mm-hmm. And Omus, you know, looked at him and told him, "I told you he's like that." <laughs> and uh, and we wound up that year uh, going thirty five and two uh, with you know a couple of guys from that team, not many. Uh, and we won we won thirty five games and lost two. We lost the first two games. Within the first ten, we were eight and two at the first ten ball games. Uh, we got ten run by Westminster Christian, and uh, and I, and the kids knew that I was really really upset. But I had five guys that I had suspended for right. ten ball games to start the year out. Whoa! With because of a disciplinary action. Yep. Wow. Uh, were they and, all uh, were they all major contributors and starters that year? Uh, three of them were. Yes, three of them was. Yes, wow. three of them were major players. Uh, and, uh, but you know what they, 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 what, what happened, happened. They had to learn a lesson. They did. They all came back, uh, gradually worked themselves back into the lineup again. Uh, didn't, they just didn't jump in there like, like, like overnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, they jumped in there. It took a while, but we got there. But, you know, once I got these guys back and we got beat 10 to nothing by Westminster Christian, mm-hmm. You know, and we're there practice preparing for the next weekend. These guys are there saying, Coach, we ain't losing no more games this year. Right. And I said, okay, we'll <laughs> see about that, you know, and I'll be damned. Sean, they they wound up winning 27 games in a row that in that season. They played 37 games that year. We wound up 35-2. and two, And we wound up the national runner-up that year and broke into the national polls uh, that year. Uh, with this with this group uh, that still had another year coming back, coach, coach, uh, coach. I, 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 this is. I just, I can't, I can't let this slide. Going back, and I, and we're going to talk about '96 in a minute, and I got a couple questions about that. But you know, I, we talk a lot about coaching here on this podcast, and here you are. You're a second. You're still a second year head coach, right? It's right. you had your first year in '94. In '95, you open the season. And you have, coach. Did you say, did you say five players or ten players? You had you had five players suspended for ten games. Yes, that's correct. So you're going into this year two. You just made the state championship and lost by one to Palmetto, and you're opening the season and you have some kind of issue. The the obviously, I would imagine the players in some sense are testing you because you're still relatively new. They're coming off a successful season. Something happens. We don't have to get into what happens, but how difficult was it for you to make that decision? Number one and number two, would that decision be more difficult today considering the max prep power rankings? Well, 
for me, the answer to that will be no. I, 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 I live, you know, mm-hmm. by the letter of the law. And you know what? And I tell my kids, and I, and I, and I told them last night, you know, after that two to one win last night, you know, uh, I gave them, uh, I told them previous before the game started, uh, you know, because as you get older, you coach more, uh, with, uh, experience and stories and experiences mm-hmm. of things that you have happened. And, you know, baseball is a funny game. You know, what happened 10 years ago, Stan sure going to happen again at one point or another while you're still coaching. Okay. And, um, and I had told our guys last night, I said, you know, we were eight, eight to nothing last night. We went ahead and, um, and threw a no hitter. Uh, the two guys that pitched for us last night before last on Friday were, was were just fantastic. Uh, but today's a different story, boys. And, you know, and, and I could tell some of these young kids, mm-hmm. uh, couldn't quite get it. And I said, but i but here your old coach has got a story for you. And in 1996, we played, um, Archbishop, um, Moore, Bishop Moore out of Orlando. Uh, they come down here on a Friday night. You got 2000 people here in the, in the bleachers here. And, um, and we win and, 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 and knock this team out 10 to nothing. Uh, which is our 44th mm-hmm. straight win in, in, in a run we have in here. Uh, I told them, guys, you beat this team 10 nothing. Tomorrow may not be the same. Baseball is not that way. And guess what happened Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock? We started hitting balls right at them. They thought they could play with us. They had a little left-hander on the mound. Uh, up there, we're swinging at pitches out of the strike zone. We're having to be aggressive and trying to play catch up and a, and a questionable call at second base ends the ball game for us. And we lose eight to seven and our, in our win streak into that 44 games. And we were the number one team in the country. So you know what? Don't take this game very lightly. And guess what, Sean? Last night, it was pretty close. <laughs> yeah, two to one. I did you know, so so to answer your question about the max preps and the mm-hmm. uh, and, and the suspensions, uh the answer to that would be yes. Um, I mean I will never put myself in a position to say that for a win, uh I have to play these guys because without these guys I can't win. Mm-hmm. Frankly, um, you know what? If if you cannot be the type of player and behavior that I expect in representation of the game of baseball, Key West High School, and your parents the way I perceive my players to be. You know what? You need to learn that, and uh, and you can sit from the sidelines or, you know, and, and, and not that you like to do that. You, you don't as a coach. You don't like cutting kids. Uh, you don't like telling kids they can't play or deny opportunities. Uh, but you know what, when you have policies and you have expectations on behavior off the field stuff that comes before any damn win before anything else in the books. And I don't care if it's max preps or a state championship, mm-hmm. you, you know, you can't follow team policy and procedures. Um, what, what are you, what are you teaching kids that they could do what they want because they want to get better players and they could you know, do things that they shouldn't do. And, and you know what, I'm so-and-so and I'm going to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never played that card. And, uh, and Harris, I'm, you know, getting close to the end of my coaching career. I'm sure as hell not going to start playing it now. 
Absolutely agree with you. And and sometimes I think that you have to prove to your players that you are going to sit them because ultimately that's the power that you have as a coach is the ability to 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 have kids on the field or not get, have kids on the field. And you're going to get tested. And I think there in 95, they were probably testing you. And obviously, just like in present day, you pass with flying colors. You go into 96, you win in 95, you're 35 and two, you play in front of 2,400 fans against Cardinal Gibbons. In 96, you're the talk of the United States, you're on in USA Today, there's an ESPN feature about you. How, like, okay, for our kids in Key West in 1996, how did the players react with that kind of exposure? You know, they they really uh, they gravitated to it. They loved it. Uh, back then, you on a Tuesday morning could not find a USA Today newspaper in <laughs> no newspaper stand anywhere because by 8 o'clock, every single one was gone because everybody every Tuesday wanted to see the national rankings and see Key West High School baseball ranked the number one team in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, with the recruiting that was going on already at the high school level. Um, and here at Key West with our own homegrown players and, and, and doing what we do, um, you know, we're the number one team in the damn country. Uh, and these kids loved every minute of it. Uh, you know, I had some parents, you know, ask me, call me and said, Ralph, do you think this is too much pressure for kids? And I said, no, ma'am, it's not pressure. These kids thrive off of this. These kids fuel off of this. This is what motivates these kids to go out. And I told them, I said, do you realize that these kids already had, and this is, at that time, we had won about 30-some games in a row already. And I told them, so do you know how hard it is to win 30-some games in anything? I mean, in, in, in men's softball, playing marbles out on the street, you win 30-some games in a row? Um, that's that's not easy to do, but these kids get fueled by this, and, and, and they go out, and before the game starts, they know they're ready to get this game won just by the time they take infield outfield practice. Um, that's the confidence that is breeding in them, but is also breeding confidence in them as human beings uh, to know that they could go out and accomplish anything that they got to do, and that's a life lesson. Uh, but to, to come and to say that it's too much for them um, – I, I don't. I don't think so. I think I put my. I think I put more pressure on myself as a coach than what the players did as players. Um, yeah. Because you know I had a responsibility to making sure that these kids were prepared to play. I had a responsibility to make sure that their grades were up. I had a responsibility to make sure that they acted right uh, off the field. I had a responsibility to put them in college. And you see, and these are the pressures that I put on myself and the responsibility of trying to upgrade, you know, our ballpark at Rex Beach Field. Mm-hmm. Because at that time we had wooden bleachers and, you know, and we wanted to upgrade the facility uh, as well. And, you know, I put all of that on my shoulders. And that was a constant with me, just like it was 24-7 to play baseball. Now it was 24-7 for me to coach and build a program. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, hell, I'm the one that has the damn pressure and have the rollades. It's me, not the kids. They just went out and played baseball and love winning. <laughs> so, so that was so that wasn't that wasn't a, a, a part in it. But these kids uh, thrived off of that, and uh, and they loved being known uh, in our little hometown, Key West, here that we were the number one team in the country. And when we took these kids to California, 
to play in a, in a in a major national tournament, which was used to be called the Upper Deck, and then they mm-hmm. changed the name. Sponsors uh, changed on it, uh, and we we go up there and we pull into the lobby into uh, in into uh, L.A. Uh, right there, they have a TV in the lobby, and for the first time, this ESPN Scholastics airs on 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 TV, and as soon as it did, there it, there it is, right there. You know, uh, mm-hmm. biggest light. These kids, you couldn't hear a pin drop. These kids <laughs> saw this thing for the first time uh, with Rob Demingham, who was the uh, producer and the uh, host of the show. Uh, it was amazing. It, 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 I mean, it was just like they were seeing themselves on, on a national network there in uh, in L.A. for the first time. And it was pretty darn special. What it just an incredible opportunity for those Key West kids. But. Coach, going back to what you were talking about and, and something that I've noticed, like I remember reading an article uh, and I know he didn't play at Key West High School, but uh, Bronson Arroyo, the pitcher, you know, he was he's a kid. He lived in in Big Pine in Key West and he ends up playing in the in the Key West Little League. And, and somebody asked him about pitching and, and having pressure in the major leagues. And he just laughed and he said, well, I played as a 10 year old, you know, in the, in the Key West little conch baseball league. And you want to talk about pressure. There's a lot of pressure there, <laughs> you know, and, and, and coach as I, I coached in that league and my oldest son played in that league and we were there for, for five years, maybe there's a lot of pressure on those kids down there, but it's my belief that that's a good pressure and it gets you, it gets those kids ready to go play for you because I, there's sometimes, and I don't know how the league is now because you know, my, my oldest is 22 and I'm living in marathon now, but back then, if you could, if you could thrive under the pressure there at the little league fields, then I think it made the transition to high school a lot easier. What do you think? Oh, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Because, you know, when you're there trying to win and play and uh, and the enthusiasm level is there. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and it's so hard. You know, we've you, you've had players that have, you know, excelled in those youth leagues mm-hmm. and they come to the high school and they didn't get bigger. They didn't they didn't grow. Uh, and then they kind of and, and then they lose interest. and They kind of fade out. And then you've had some players that were not that outstanding and in the youth leagues that come to Key West high school and then they grow and then they get better and they get better and they get better and, and then they become, you know, you know, one heck of a high school player and a hell of a college player. And then even maybe even get a chance to go to pro ball, which has happened uh, mm-hmm. multiple times. Um, but that preparation of the youth leagues and, and, uh, and I mean, like right now, for example, Sean, um, uh, what uh, you know, the city of Key West and uh, and uh, Marcus Davila, uh, who kind of spearheaded that, have done to the the renovation mm-hmm. of that complex there. Uh, and Raymond Vasquez, who is the president of the girls' softball league. I mean, when you look at those facilities, and and I am a big big believer that you know uh, from the from the movie build it and they will come <laughs> you know mm-hmm. uh the, the, these facilities uh there have given like a uh, a shot in the arm to these kids where they, they they enjoy going out there and playing on that turf and seeing that beautiful complex i mean we, we have world-class facilities here now in key west 
you look at that George Meyer football field mm -hmm. uh, there, and then you look at uh, our girls' Little League softball field, the Rose Hernandez field there for Little League softball, uh, and then you look at that baseball complex there on Kennedy uh, with that turf and, and the way that place looks. I mean, you, you as a kid can not want to be out there and play every single day and take grand balls on that carpet, get better, and, and be around something you know, that, that looks as good as that looks. And it's just inviting to say, you know what, I want to be a part of this. And that helps a lot mm -hmm. versus being on a facility that's dusty and uh, grass is dead and, you know, and bugs have gotten in it and it's dry and blown all over the place. It's just a whole new spectrum. Uh, and I think that spectrum entices players to want to play uh, and I think we're seeing that in those youth leagues when I ride by there and I see those fields packed with kids. I've never seen that many kids, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I think that a lot of it has done that. But it just brings out it just brings out the, 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 the kids wanting to play and enjoy the facilities. And then, of course, you know, then they start to develop, you know, those skills and wanting to be players and high school players. And and then, of course, it helps the transition be so much easier because they know what they have to do. And, uh, and I do remember that quote from Bronson Roy was saying that mm -hmm. about pitching there in, uh, in Key West. As a 10 year old, um, I'm going to go, I want to go, I have two questions about 1996 that I've been wanting to ask you. First off, I was watching on YouTube, your guys state, uh, championship game against Bishop Kenny and, and the game was on YouTube. And one thing that really fascinated me as far as you as a coach, they mentioned that you placed a, a player, Aaron Marn, and he, you put him as designated hitter and he was called up from the JV program for the postseason, is what they said. And I thought, wow, here you have a varsity head coach is going into the playoffs and he's going to put a JV player into the lineup do you remember that what was the thought process for you as far as that went well we had we had a, we had a guy that was that had been uh, pretty much in that role for a while and really you know the, the, the designated hitter role is a tough role uh, because you know to be a, a DH you want to have somebody that's going to give you you know three quality at bats uh, during the ball game. And some, and you know how baseball is, you know, you're not, you know, you have a, you're a position player and you can help a ball club win a ball game defensively. You could help a ball club win a ball game with a bat. Uh, you could help a ball club win a ball game, uh, base running, uh, as a position player. Uh, however, you know, the DH, you can only help your, your club one way and that's, you know, in the batter's box. And, you know, and if you're swinging a bat well and you're playing well, um, you know, you're going to keep getting penciled in the lineup because, you know, you, you're, you're the guy. Uh, RDH had, uh, had kind of cooled off, uh, older player. And, uh, and, and Sean, one of the things about that my players know about me is I am always every game, every practice session, um, uh, always trying to improve our ball club. Uh, in any capacity to give ourselves the best chance to win a ball game uh, and put us in position to win a ball game. And that comes through, you know, preparation and, and management of these kids. And I got to a point where, you know, I needed someone that could bring, you know, a little bit more 
to the table uh, with their bat, their speed, uh, and hit, you know, towards the bottom of the lineup more than not. And um, and I said, okay, well, here's what we're going to do. Uh, I like this Aaron Morn kid on JV. I'm going to bring him up here uh, at the end of the JV season and uh, and take a look at take a look at him, but really didn't have a real thought that this kid was going to step in and be an impact player on the number one team in the country, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and I've seen Aaron, uh, very you know, very headstrong kid, very uh, very tough kid, and um, brought him in uh, into uh, into high school there in the varsity level, and this kid wound up winning, you know, the job as a designated hitter and being in our lineup and, you know, and, and he just took the job. And, and I remember uh, if anyone has ever seen the, the ESPN clips uh, when uh, ESPN was here, we had a really, really, really tight ball game uh, against Berlin. We had to come from behind to win uh, in part of that win streak. And Aaron got ejected. Because uh, here's a little freshman. He ran over a senior catcher at home plate. He, he barreled into him and ran him over. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's what I loved about that kid. You know, I, I love tough guys, players, tough guys that, you know, that'll get dirty and guys that battle up bats and guys that, you know, won't let the umpire take the bat out of their hand and uh, go up there. And they're going to they're gonna get after it. And that's what, and that's what uh, this young man did. But, you know, I've had a lot of you know, freshman players mm-hmm. uh, win jobs for me and, and, and start ball games for me as freshmen. And, uh, and uh, you know, and I'm not afraid to put them in the fire. And if I do, it's because I know they're prepared to do that. And, and, and most of them, I'm, I'm going to say 90% of them have, have responded very well for us. No, I, I have followed your your teams very closely, and I've noticed that about you. You are never hesitant to give a freshman an opportunity. And, you know, if you have a young player with a lot of potential, they need that playing time. But also in 96, you had a sophomore. Khalil Green was playing shortstop. And, you know, we all followed his career. He went on to Clemson. He went on to the major leagues and had a good career there. But as a sophomore, did you see that potential in him then? Well, we pulled him up from the JV as well. Wow. Uh, you know, he was, uh, I, I had had uh, another guy playing shortstop, uh, and I had a senior playing third base uh, to start the year out. And the senior uh, at third base was not performing at the level that I thought we could. So I moved the shortstop to third base. Uh, the third baseman to be the designated hitter and compete for that role and brought Khalil in. And, uh, and then of course, from that point on, um, we wound up, uh, having a, a young infield because he was only a sophomore. My third baseman, uh, I believe was a, uh, a junior, only a junior or maybe a sophomore as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, and I had this team, ranked number one in the country, and I had, you know, the left side of the infield with underclassmen in it, uh, which was not the norm, uh, but it, it, it's what it was. And uh, and these guys, you know, on that left side of the infield really, really excelled and played extremely, extremely well uh, for us. And then, of course, I think that was uh, the, uh, I guess, probably the uh, – 
the start of, of Khalil uh, mm-hmm. to get to where he got to, and he just kept growing and growing and, and becoming the player that he wound up being in high school and at Clemson and then even at the major league level. So, Coach, I know that, you know, you, you're there at Key West High School, um, I think in 97, and then you go on to a, uh, a career also as a uh, professional coach. But I really don't want to touch on that today. I know I've had you for a long time. I really, you come back, and I really just want to talk about, if you don't mind, Coach, the 2005 state championship season. Is that okay? Sure. Um, now, as someone, I've had this this incredible opportunity to to coach my son at the high school level, and it was a, a great thing. And I know that that's something that you did. And how much more special was it having that experience with with your son that year? And how satisfying was it to share that with him? Well, it was it was it was it was great uh, to to have that opportunity because i had i had came back i think and uh i had i had went to atlanta in in 98 uh i was with at the school uh as the athletic director baseball coach there um and our principal was miss olson Mm -hmm. um and um in 96 uh excuse me in 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 96 97 she was our, our principal there I had left in 98 uh, to go to Atlanta, uh, and Brooks took over the team uh, that year in 98. And I was in Atlanta for several years, um, and then uh, I had the opportunity, which was really insane, uh, to come home, coach the high school baseball team uh, from February uh, till May, and then in the end of May, go join the Atlanta Braves and coach until the end of September. Mm-hmm. I, re- I remember <laughs> I, that. That was really that, cool. That, that, that was that was that was you know that was really something to to be able to do that. But it was a great learning experience uh, to to be able to shift gears from high school to pro ball. You know, mm-hmm. with a with a flip of the switch, right? But it was a really a great experience for me and, and a learning one. Um, and as far as you know, coaching. My son, it was it was really a a neat experience uh, because I got to see him as a freshman, uh, as a sophomore, you know, grow. Then, uh, you know, he uh, he went and played one summer with Chet Lemon, uh, which really set him to a higher level. They're playing with Chet and playing so many baseball games uh, over the summer. And then he'd travel with me. Uh, Atlanta was very good with me and uh, and my family, and uh, and he got to travel a lot with me and learn, you know, pro baseball and the system and how it worked. And then, you know, getting into you know his junior year when he really developed uh, into uh, to becoming a potential uh, draft pick, um, and uh, and. He got to do that, and uh, and then of course his senior year, which we had a, a team that I, we had developed um, that had a lot of good players. You know, mm-hmm. we had Chaz Foxwood who threw a, a no hitter uh, in the semifinal game. Um, you know, DJ Randolph. Uh, you know, we had Daryl Lewis who pitched the championship game. We had uh, Desi 
Perez, uh, who's only a junior, had 50-some RBIs that year. Clinton Store playing center field, hitting leadoff. My son, Ralphie, hitting second. Between these two guys, they scored over 100-and-some runs that season, hitting first and second in the lineup. Uh, you know, we, we just had a, a team that we had just built and developed over a couple of years, and I had told them, you guys, when the, when the time is right, you guys will win a state championship and no one will will even stick with you. And and that's what they did. I mean, they, they just ran through the state playoffs like drinking a glass of water. Uh, and, of course, you know, uh, being able to see, you know, my son uh, – be drafted in the second round. He was a 72nd overall pick with, uh, with the Astros and, um, and got to coach him through that and, uh, be there the day that he got drafted. Uh, unfortunately I wasn't there the day that he had to fly to Houston. My wife and my daughter were able to fly to Houston because I was in the Dominican Republic, uh, with Atlanta working, but he, but he got to, uh, be there in the draft room and, go through the whole thing with this contract and, you know, take batting practice with the major league team and, uh, and see, uh, him take the path that he chose. I mean, he could have went to Oklahoma state. He could have went to a multitude of number of schools. Um, but he, he liked the recruiter at uh, Oklahoma state and, uh, signed to go to school there. Um, but you know, when he got drafted in the position he got drafted in, that was his goal and his dream, uh, to do that. And, uh, and that's what he did, which led him to, you know, being 12, 13 years in professional baseball after the, after the fact. Uh, so it was very gratifying. It wasn't the easiest thing at times. Um, but, uh, it was a lot of pressure for him as well, uh, for his father being the head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what? It, 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 you know, pressure makes people stronger and, uh, and, and it made him, you know, stronger, made me stronger. And, uh, but as far as the fulfillment and the, and the joy of seeing, you know, a young man, and of course a young man was my son, to, to, to achieve goals that he had set was a blessing. And of course it was very fulfilling as well. Absolutely. It's, it's such a unique experience to have. And, you know, when you talk about pressure and, and growing up and dealing with all of those things, you know, I mean, obviously people are always going to say, Oh, you, you know, you're playing because your dad is the coach, but come on. But you know, because obviously I, you know, I dealt with that in, in my career with my son, you dealt with that in your career with your son. But at the end of the day, you know, obviously when you produce and you make it undeniable, nothing can be said. And obviously, you know, if you're drafted in the second round in the major league baseball draft, you're obviously doing something right, coach. Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, he made it undeniable and had a very good professional career. So 2005 to like 2014, you're back in professional, you're back in professional coaching and you spend the one year at Berlin, correct? Correct. You're correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had I had uh, when when I had left Atlanta, uh, I was with Atlanta for eight nine years. Uh, had a great great career there, and uh, and you know, and I was managing there in Atlanta, and uh, did very well as a minor league manager. Had the front office uh, people there that uh, were very supportive of me. Worked very closely with Dayton Moore, who was the vice president and GM of. Uh, of the Royals, uh, he just last year had stepped down, uh, and uh, 
but I, I, I was very lucky when I was uh, in Atlanta as a young coach there starting out to be around such great teachers of baseball, you know, Bobby Cox and Chino Carajia, uh, Jose Martinez, uh, Bill Fisher, uh, just guys that, you know, most people won't even know who they are. Young people won't know who they are, but these were some of the great, great, you know, baseball men of the baseball world. And, uh, and I had the opportunity to travel with them, to coach with them, talk baseball with them. And, and the biggest thing is to learn from them, uh, learn how to coach baseball, how to do things in professional baseball, um, and how to be a baseball person. Uh, and and still be a good guy, uh, and that was the big thing that I had learned, you know, from them. And this is what I, you know, pass on to our kids uh, today. But it's just, uh, it was just, a, a, just an amazing opportunity there. And then go to the New York Yankees uh, mm-hmm. after you know things broke up in Atlanta, uh, and uh, had the opportunity to be with. Uh, the Yankees for two years and um, and be with uh, you know Mr. Steinbrenner got to see him uh, there see how he operated uh, which was amazing and intimidating <laughs> until you get to learn you know know him you know and then you see the wonderful person that he is and what he uh, and, and the type of business person he was and, and what he would do uh, on a daily basis to make the Yankees the best team for the people of New York. It's, it's amazing. But uh, I, I go to, um, after that, uh, you know, after that stint, I had been in pro ball for years, and uh, and I had my opportunities, I think, to, to go coach at the big league level when the window of opportunity was open. But I, I had to make a choice um, between, you know, being going more than I had been going and, uh, and, and coming home and and I made that choice, and I said, you know what, that's enough, and uh, and I stayed home, and uh, and then the opportunity came about with Berlin. Father Willie had called me and told me, Ralph, I want you to come here if you're not coaching, and uh, and, and and help me with this baseball program. So I did. I went to Berlin, and I enjoyed it very much. I love. Um, I have a very strong Catholic faith, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, loved the school. Loved. The discipline, their structure, as all Jesuit schools have, and uh, had a great young group of men there. Very young, very young team, and we did we did very well there. We won the district. We won about twenty some ball games that year there. Uh, actually, a couple of players from that team are in the big leagues today. Uh, Alex Degotti, uh, he's an infielder. He was with Boston and. Uh, but what have you, and then one of the front office people for the Boston Red Sox, Alex Jimenez, was one of my uh, uh, extra players in the dugout, and he wound up having his career where he's a, as a, he's an executive for the Boston Red Sox today. But the thing is that uh, at Berlin, it really uh, gave me a whole new perspective. And um, and then, unfortunately, my wife got very ill, mm-hmm. and uh, and I had to come back home, and I had to leave Berlin after one year. But, uh, and then of course, you know, with that led me back to, you know, with, with, with time, it led me back to being here at Key West High School. I remember thinking when I had read the article about you going to Berlin, I thought, what a perfect fit. You know, I really, I really thought that that's going to be the best thing that Berlin ever did. But, you know, 
you know, you have a religious background. I do also. And you talk about like fate and I think your place is in Key West. You know what I mean? And I think that you're supposed to be back here and and you're in the place where you're supposed to be. And and that's at the helm of, of Key West high school baseball. And, and I was reading through some of your interviews coach and, and this really resonated with me where you were talking about, and you talked a little bit about it here, the business side of, of creating your brand, but also bringing money into the program. And I was reading a couple articles you did with some Dade County guys about the importance that you saw in fundraising and that your team has a big crowd and that you have money coming in. So you could put that, is that so you could put that back into the facilities and continue that cycle? Absolutely. Uh, this is, this was the thing with, uh, you know, for me, when we started here, when we started the program in 94, you know, we only averaged about maybe 200 people a night, 150 people a night. And, and of course, through the, the brand, uh, the, the program, the winning, uh, the structure, the discipline, uh, the work ethic that these kids uh, created uh, for themselves through my example, uh, brought life to the baseball community uh which key west has always been a great baseball town uh, but it, it kind of gave it a boost and uh and then we started you know creating programs uh through the first program we created many many years ago was with the assistance and help of uh bill spotswood and andrea spotswood with the key west winter league you know mm-hmm. i told them I said, yeah. you know we don't we don't play baseball enough down here bill uh, you know, when I lived in Homestead, these kids are playing baseball year round. Uh, they're getting better. Our kids are limited. We're not we're not doing the things that uh, we need to do to help these kids be successful. So, I uh, you know elaborated with them a little bit on what we needed to do, and uh, and we started the birth of the Key West Winter League. And 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 along with that, the kids got to play baseball more. We started fundraising as a group. Uh, doing these things and uh, and then as we needed things to upgrade the facilities a, a, a batting cage net we needed another batting cage we needed weights we needed to bring down uh instructors from the bigger faster stronger program you know those things are not for free these are people that have businesses and, and they have a brand of their own and you want to bring these people down to teach your kids how to get bigger faster and stronger you got to pay them they ain't coming here for free <laughs> right okay? so so this is what these programs uh, did. And then you start bringing, you know, the gate money in, coming in, the concession money coming in, uh, supporters of the program. So giving money because they like, you know, they like the product. Um, and before you know it, you know, you, you, you're you building not only a baseball team, but you're building a little um, revenue stream into your program mm-hmm. because of the type of program you run and what you're doing and, and, you know, put it at the end of the day, everybody loves to be with winners. I mean, winning <laughs> promotes success. And, and, and it wasn't hard once a program got to where we got it to to start doing this. And, uh, and, 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 is, and, and the program, you know, fast forward to today um, has, um, has really um, skyrocketed as far as the, the programs. Uh, we have 
two programs. We have the Key West Winter League, which runs from, effective from August till January during the off-season. And then in the summer, we have Conkball, which is mm-hmm. uh, a development travel pick uh, teams where they have two or three teams. And, um, and Jack Niles uh, and my son Ralphie run those programs. And, and through these programs, they, 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 they raise money. And, and the money goes back into the facilities. Uh, every penny of it does. And here, for example, we have a turf infield that was put in four or five years ago when we recognized that it was impossible to maintain a natural infield at this, at the level and standards that, you know, that I wanted for our kids. Um, and then, you know, we go and with the proceeds, we build a weight, an outdoor weight room for it. We do a training center. We add uh, a backstop, take a rusty fence down and put, you know, a modern uh, fence back there. Um, the things that we buy for the for the kids, uh, I mean, it's it's like the perception is, oh, well, baseball gets everything. Well, they, they don't. They get nothing any different than nobody else does. The only thing is that we go out and, and, and through the winter leagues and through the business community and through the money that we make, we, we raise a lot of money and, and we spend money, but with the money goes back into the program. So if you're from the outside looking in and you don't really know what goes on, well, they get everything. No, no, we don't. We, 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 we get the same as everybody else gets, but we go out and earn it. And, 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 and the boosters and, and, and the community and, and winning and playing, of course, too, Sean. We play twenty plus ball games a year in Key West. There's no other program plays that many ball mm-hmm. games. And if you're playing well, and people like your product, and they like the way the kids are playing, and you're winning, you, the, your gate numbers go up. And when your gate numbers go up, that's more money at the gate, and more money in the concession stand, more season tickets are sold. So you know it, that's the business side too. That that coaches have to learn if you're going to build a program and take it to a certain level. Absolutely. And you guys, and I think we are too, we're starting to reach this also. And, and I'm getting ready to wrap up coach. You've been, you've been so great, but like you, you get to have 20 game, 20 home games, right? Key West football had like eight home games this year is because I, in my opinion, you have this proliferation of the charter schools and the private schools. There's so many schools, schools want to come down to Key West and experience that small town game with pack stands because you might have a great team in Miami and they might have 58 people at the game because it's just some random school somewhere. Correct. We, you know, we, 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 we have every year for years, nothing new, uh, for years. Uh, and then recently since, you know, uh, putting our infield in and Key West high school baseball and the players that we're putting into college and, and of course, social media, uh, has impacted it as well. Uh, because remember when we started building this, this program, there was no social media. It was just done on one thing, winning and word of mouth. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Today, uh, things are being built overnight with social media, which is, you know, it's, it's relatively easier. So back then it was harder than it is today because it's, it's made that kind of impact. But with us, uh, today, uh, in years, we turned down five, six, seven teams a Mm -hmm. year because here, 
high school baseball is going on. And I would say that come uh, by the end of our season, wrapping up and end of April, getting ready to go to the playoffs, uh, I already probably could, I already probably on, on, as a norm would have about 18 home games already scheduled. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then now uh, here comes August and I only have, you know, three or four home games left, which is means only two or three teams do could come into the schedule because, you know, I do like to play, you know, two or three games on the road to teach the kids how to get on the bus and get off and play like right. they do Tuesday against Columbus. Um, but I could play every single game at home. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, with the exception of, you know, going out of town for spring break to play two or three games. I could play every game in Key West. Uh, they love coming to Key West to enjoy the facility. They enjoy coming to to play in front of, you know, good crowds of people, supportive communities. They like coming to Key West because it's Key West and going down Duval Street. They like doing excursions and going out on jet skis and spending the day. And, um, hell, that's why we have 4 million tourists coming to the Keys every year, you know. You got that right. Uh, and, 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 and this is what they want to experience. But, you know, you, the thing is you, you just have to go about, you know, knowing these people, marketing these people. And, uh, and, 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 and of course, in, in essence, it helps the community as well because these people come to Key West and um, spend $400, $500 a night on motel rooms and, and they bring their, their families and relatives and, hey, let's make it a weekend, you know, and, so, you know, for two or three months of the year, and of course it's, you know, somewhat season time on Key West when these people come here, you know, they're they're adding to that pot of money with these motels and restaurants and, and of course, Rex Wheat Shield and coming to the ballpark. And from the beginning of this conversation to the end, you know, you realize how far that you've grown, but fortunately you guys in a lot of ways have stayed the same and coach Enriquez, it's been a pleasure. These two hours have flown by quickly. I feel like there's so much more we could talk about and maybe, (laughs) maybe one day you could come back on and we could break down a bunch of other things, but this has really been great. Thank you so much for coming on and good luck in search of your next state championship coach. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. Okay, thank you. You too. Bye-bye. And that's the end of part two with Coach Rafi Enriquez. Thank you guys for listening to the Keys Weekly Sports Wrap with Coach McDonald. It was such a pleasure to have him on. I would love to have him on again. Hopefully, he will come back on again. Please, please, please share this podcast. Let everybody know um, what's going on with the Keys Weekly. Please, please check out the Keys Weekly because this week, once again, you'll be able to get your schedule. You'll be able to get your results. You'll be able to get all the all the stories going on in Monroe County at the Keys Weekly newspaper. Thank you guys for listening.